All right, today's a real treat, hopefully for you and especially for me, because I get to catch up with one of my favorite people to talk to on LinkedIn, James MacArthur over at New.io. Hey, James, welcome to the RevOps Review. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited to just, you know, chat for a while and talk, talk RevOps. You know, I always get a little bit of like giggles and laughs when I look at some of your posts, either in the communities or on LinkedIn. I think you have a real idea of just turning turning what's usually a very difficult field into the perverse and, and more hilarious. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I see as we we've talked about this a lot, which is like all of the posts are starting to mirror each other and everybody's talking about the same thing. But the reality is like, what we're doing, it's really, really important, but it's not like, at the end of the day, we're not curing cancer. We are making businesses more efficient, making go-to-market teams more efficient. So like, let's have a little humor about it and, you know, enjoy, enjoy ourselves, right? I don't know about you, but I think process cancer is a real thing in businesses and we need to zap that out as quickly as possible. Um, so we have three <laughs> topics today I wanted to run through with you. And I think one of them is really just near and dear to my heart because I know I've run a million miles an hour before, but I would love to talk about burnout with you. And the second, your new role it has like a customer facing partnerships element to it, which I think is super interesting. And then the third part is something called the systems trap. And I would love for you to, you know, maybe dive deep in it. So, but why don't we start out with burnout? Um, tell me, we were talking offline to each other and, and you were telling me a little bit about burnout and I have my own story, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, so um, I've got a number of burnout stories over the course of my career. And it's like, the thing with burnout is like, you kind of it sneaks up on you in weird ways where you'll you'll be hustling like hustle culture destroyed me at one point. But most recently, what ends up happening was I had, we all have this escape, which is home. And like, I ended up in this nightmare scenario with one of the nonprofits that I work with outside of work as like my escape from all of this. And so I ended up in this nightmare scenario with that at the same time as over the last six months, I've been building new with the team here, building, building out our partnerships function, building out our community function, doing RevOps for new, all of those very full-time jobs. And so all combined, what ended up happening was I ate myself from both ends or burned the candle at both ends to a point where I literally just had to stop. And it's like burnout isn't – I actually got a text message that I was committing career suicide talking about it. Um, you can guess the age of the person sent it to me. But they uh, – no, but the reality was I – it was – it was hard. And so what ended up happening was I just got to this point where I was staring at my computer and realizing I wasn't processing information. I wasn't processing anything. And I needed to take a step back. And so sent a note over. was like, hey, I'm taking the day. And I'm going to be like, I'm just not going to be around until I can figure this out. And so took a couple days. Took only three days. Literally, one of them was spent on the couch playing Final Fantasy sixteen. One of them, one of them was spent dealing with the nonprofit thing, and then the next one was kind of gearing myself up. I went and played golf, got my head clear, came back at the next day, and was ready to go. But the reality was, I I had to give myself that space, and I had to really take a minute, take a beat, and restructure because. 
one of the things, burnout can be very acute. It can be long and drawn out. I burned myself out like one of those times. We've all had them where you go, I burned out three months ago and I'm still, and I'm still pushing through. And those, that's long lasting damage. You're not going to recover from that for a long time. But for things like this, it's now, well, the moment I spot burnout in my life, I just go to my boss and I'm like, hey, I'm taking a day. And the first sign of it, no matter what the project is, to the point I was saying before, where it's like everything we do can wait a day. There's almost no situation we're in where it's like your deadline to release a thing can be pushed a day. Things can be pushed a day. It's more important that you you like are able to accomplish what you need to accomplish, that you achieve your goals long-term with the company than burning out because you decided not to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. So in the class, the RevOps class I teach, I always talk about RevOps is in many ways the chief accountability officer, but who's holding the RevOps team accountable for themselves? I think that's always a challenge. You talk about hustle, hustle culture. I always call it the always on mode or beast mode. And I think the idea of that is very enthralling. It's desirable, but at the end of the day, you have to be self-aware. Yeah. You can't possibly sprint and sprint and sprint. There's a reason why Pomodoro sprints, those different techniques, they exist. And I like the idea you phrase escape is home. And I think for many operators who come from the technical route, you know, our escape is going back into the systems and just really doing the little things that we love and getting into our foxhole. And I often believe that comfort and growth don't go off, they don't often go together, but you do have to start looking at, well, I can't grow if I'm also just not having the capacity to be able to grow. Because when you burn out, it's like a tired muscle, right? Or you're sore. Like going to the gym the next day is actually probably very detrimental. And I think it's very wise that you put three-day vacation. Um, I would say Final Fantasy 16 for everyone nowadays, for those who are experiencing a little burnout, that's a little t button to touch. And so okay to be vulnerable because at the heart of every company are the people, the humans and RevOps teams, like I think can be considered for many companies, these uh, not saviors, but highly prodigious, productive people. They can almost be seen as robots and that's not who we are. I think we're, we're very, very human. Yeah, it's, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And I think you're also touching on the other thing we're going to talk about later, which is the systems trap, but this, but the reality is, yeah, it's, we are, we need to achieve, we are responsible for driving accountability, transparency, and growth at, at these companies. We're responsible realistically for the, as the oversight and well-being for every rep that works in the go-to-market org. Our job is to make sure they have what they need to be successful. Yes, their bosses are responsible. The VP of sales is responsible for driving pipeline. The head of CS is responsible for driving renewals. We are the layer that goes, okay, do you have everything you need to actually be successful? Are you, do you have what you need from a strategic standpoint to actually achieve your goals? Do we have all of the process in place? Do we have the tools? Do we have the insights? But at the same time, that process is enablement. Enablement means creating space for people to be successful. But if we're not doing that for ourselves, 
guess who's not going to be successful? You. You're going to burn out. You're going to, and you're going to end up ending up in a situation where when your company lets you go, you go, oh, so grateful that they let me go. I was, I was ready. I was ready for a break. Absolutely. And the, yeah. How many times did that happen to you? How is that? Like, it's how we've seen it happen to so many of our, our colleagues and friends over the last couple of years. I mean, it's take the time, give yourself a break, go on vacation, pick up a hobby. One of those things, it doesn't need to be much and it doesn't need to impact your day job. Like you can still, you'll accomplish a heck of a lot more giving yourself the space to do it than you will just blindly rushing through when you're half dazed and confused staring at a wall for 20 minutes because you didn't know because you just got off a call and your brain couldn't process it. Yeah, I always think that there's a phrase like you're eager to solve problems, but you're also beleaguered by the solutions, right? So it's a, it's a tough one to swallow. So by the way, so you were a customer, I believe, of your current company. And I think you liked the solution so much that you decided to join the mothership. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I was at, before this, I decided I was going to start a company. I was going to create a company called Crow, or Chief Revenue Operations Officer, for short. And the idea was we were going to build a, CR, a CRM that was going to take on everything that need like, all of the problems we face. Basically, a CRM built for revenue operators. And that turns out to be really, really hard. Um, to do. But in the process of that, I started talking to the folks at New, and I, I met with the CEO, Mark, and we went through New end to end. I met with the co-founder, Kate, and, um, and our AE, Jeff, at one point, and like, we went through the solution, and I kept talking to them over the space of a couple of months. And eventually, they were like, like, hey, we're really early stage. We do not have the space to do an independent RevOps function, but we want you specifically to come in here. Can, would you come in here and help A, build out our partnerships channel, B, be, be in the community, be a part of the community, working with the CROs, the finance people, the RevOps people of the world to kind of help them understand who we are and just be like, you are the person we want to work with. So can you come here and join us? And I was like, okay. So I stepped into a role where now I am doing partnerships, building on our awesome partnership channel with amazing partners and our, uh, and community stuff. And then on the other side, I'm doing RevOps. But fun thing about my RevOps work is not a lot of systems in there. I don't actually, because we're keeping it super simple. And so there's very little actual systems work that has to go into it because of how simple we've kept it, which is nice. And so from a strategy standpoint on the RevOps side, the constraint of me doing all of this has meant I just kind of avoid systems. Entirely, which is nice. So you're not walking into a situation where you have this rubber band ball that's all tied up and you have to unpick the outer layers to get to the center of it. You're actually, you actually have a blank canvas 
Are you focusing more on process or strategy or KPIs and reporting in the absence of systems? Like, where are you spending your time? Um, it's almost all strategy, strategy and process, which is like we have we have a really strong process here at New, which is, and again, simplicity is the key here, which is every single person in our company has a top twenty. Every single customer facing person in our family in our company has a top twenty. That top twenty, they are the people they think will become something or that they're focusing on at a get at any given point. They have a farm club. Those are the people that they're talking to. They're basically the places where they're spending time. And that's every single person. Our SDRs, our AEs. We can do this top 20 because we're a fairly high ACV product, but it's every single person has a top 20. The moment your top 20 is full, that's it. You got it. You're done until, until you clear out your top 20. The moment your farm club is full, maybe you should start moving some of those to your top 20 and moving some of them out. And so it's very, very simple from a process standpoint. And so when it comes to it, we're able in a one-hour meeting once a week to jump in and diagnose literally everyone on the team's top 20s and talk through who are the key accounts, where, where people have connections in, where don't they, what are the things. And what's been able to happen is we've seen this incredible synergy because in that meeting, we have me, partnerships, we have our SDRs, we have our marketing team, and we have our AEs all in the same room alongside our executive team. And everyone's going through, there's no judgment. It's just, here are the people I'm focusing on. Here are the struggles I have for each of these very quickly. And we can go, oh, we can, I know a person there, we can lend a hand. I know a person there, we can lend a hand. And it ends up being just, it's amazing to see. And it's part of the reason why I'm really starting to believe that attribution doesn't matter as long as you have the right process. Yeah, I think when it comes to the full customer journey, and that was actually one of the bullets that we wanted to cover today as well, is the full customer journey. You talked about it pretty much who's who in the zoo is involved in the deal. And I love that because you're helping prospects buy, making better buying decisions, and you're helping the customers unlock value uh, by making sure that they articulate their goals correctly, can make sure that they're a feasible match with your solution, and then helping them ultimately decide which path to go. Now, the good idea thing about the good thing about the way you've set up your accounts is you have a top twenty, like A accounts, tier one accounts, named accounts, whatever you want to call it, and then you have your farm club, which I love because it gives me a little bit of insight baseball to how you're thinking. It's a little minor league baseball or relegation in the Premier League, and I think that's really <laughs> interesting. Like, you know what? We got elevators with our accounts. Some go up, some go down, but you can't get there unless you put in the effort and we've seen that you put in good faith due diligence to making sure that you're combing through your accounts and you've done the homework. So I'm curious what yeah. you think RevOps's role is in the, you know, building that customer journey, right? Like moving from shooting with, from the hip to some sort of standard procedure, some sort of standard doc. How are you guys thinking about formulating that playbook? So right now, again, we are very, we're at the very simple edge of this, which is we're at that make it repeatable stage where everything is, we're building for the next piece. When it comes to scaling this though, that's when I'm actually gonna sit down and really map all this out, which is from a customer journey standpoint, what I mean by map it out is mapping 
every single one of those touch points. So looking back and seeing historically, okay, what did the community outreach? Where are those hitting people in the cycle? Uh, marketing, where are they hitting people in the cycle? SDRs, how are they reaching out? What are all of the different ways we're touching prospects, customers? Where is that being tracked? And how do those touches hit during the overall sales cycle? From there, going to go talk to our customers and our prospects and be like, hey, you went through this cycle. What were the pieces that you remember? What were the things you remember as being great? What were the things you remember as being bad? And go through and come up with one cohesive customer journey that accounts for all of those weird little dips, all of the different sales motions that we get for individual, like whether we're doing an SMB or we're doing an enterprise sale, whatever that happens to be, map all of it out into one cohesive journey and then truly build an insights model. Because at that point, I know every single touch, I know exactly where it's tracked, and I can build a true model across the entire life cycle of a customer. And by doing that and measuring, I, I use the 3VC model that I learned at GoNembly, which was value, volume, velocity, and conversion. By tracking those things within that, I can very concretely come up with all of the gaps in my journey, all of the things that are potentially missing. And from there, I can look at, okay, here are the feature sets we're missing. Here are the pieces that need to be added in. Let's go find the tools that fit that. Or do our existing tools fit that? And so thinking about those that tool stack, the tools are the absolute last thing you should think about. You should never start with tools. It should be, where are my holes? Where are things on fire? Where, where are the gaps, both known and unknown? And how do I fill them? And that's really, that's how I feel RevOps becomes a strategic function is by taking the higher level and understanding the full roadmap of exactly how every single one of our customers, customers are impacted through that life cycle and building the processes and strategy around that. And then thinking about insights, then tools find last. So we talked about earlier the you know, concept of burnout and how folks want to find a little bit of escapism and they go towards you know home base, something that they're incredibly good at. The systems trap is what kind of like what you what you dubbed it. And I love that. Can you describe the systems trap for me a little bit? Oh, <laughs> so the systems trap is one of my least favorite traps to fall into. And we literally any revenue operator, I'm gonna describe this and you tell me if you've if you've fallen into this in your life. And so you're sitting there, you've worked, you've been at the company for like six months. You've executed on a ton of work, made made Salesforce infinitely better. Reps are telling you every single day, it's better. It's working better. It's going great. You can point to the tickets you've done. You've set up sprints. You've got a project management system that works. You know exactly what tickets you have. You know how many points you're retiring in a given period. And your VP comes to you and goes, or your CRO comes to you and goes, um, we need you to be more strategic. Heard that before. Exactly. Every single RevOps person listening to this has. And that's because you've fallen into the systems trap, which is it is going out 
and creating a bunch of work for yourself, which needs to happen. Yeah, I know everything's on fire. But without thinking about how it actually impacts the people who legitimately decide whether you're successful or not, not based on whether you are successful in the way you think about it, but who decide whether you're successful based on how you drive KPIs for the company itself. And so if you're not structuring your work, and this is frustrating, I know, but if you're not structuring your work in line with the KPIs of the org, i.e. aligning your incentives to the KPIs of the org, and your incentive is, as revenue operators, most of us aren't comped, but our incentive is to get promoted. We want to become the VPs. We want to become CRO or go be COO or whatever your end goal is. If you're not aligning your incentives to the org, then you're not actually going to come away with what you want. If you're not seen as being a strategic resource who can actually drive value for the org, you're not going to get where you need to be. And really honestly, doing tickets and talking about how much work you did isn't going to get it done. If you say, we did this, and then three months later saw this growth chart happen, or immediately saw a 10% uptick in, in the velocity of deals, like, how much of a better story is that? So the way that I would approach it, if you're going to be on the system side, be on the system side, and that's great. But every single time you do it, benchmark your work. Benchmark your work, align it to KPIs, show that you're driving value for the org. And also, this is a thing that um, Cassie Young at Primary Ventures said at a speed, at, a, at an event I attended at one point, and it's kind of stuck with me, which is play to your first team. And your first team is not like, yeah, your, your team that you that work under you really, really important. But your first team are the people who make the decision on whether you're successful or not. I think it makes sense. So there's some skills here that are missing, right? That I think revenue operators, if you go on LinkedIn, you probably won't see this much. Managing up, prioritizing work and tying it to OKRs, being able to say no, not right now, or put a yes, but there's an investment request attached to this. We have to augment capacity in some meaningful way. Or, hey, let's have a conversation about these projects, rescope them de-scope them, minimize and put it in a, in a bucket where, hey, this isn't really that important right now. I could I recall a real project where pipeline coverage was below 2x and we were clearly on a path to, de to deficit for the year. And I remember I was getting hounded for, hey, I need you to help fix CPQ in our order forms. I'm like, is that really that important right now? I know, <laughs> I, know I know it's busting your chops and putting a lot of stress on you right now. This business could potentially die in 24 months if we don't hit our number this year. And I just remember thinking like there, there's there are problems. Yes, it's a problem, but there's a bigger problem that that needs my attention. Mm -hmm. I know the I know the lawn's not cut right now, but the house is on fire. You want me to cut the lawn or you want me to put the fire out? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The system That's exactly it. So uh, I always ask this question to everyone who joins the show. If you could travel back in time and meet your younger version of yourself. What advice would you give to you know young James? Slow down. 
honestly. Like, the reality was um, early on, I was I was a self-generating tornado of work. Then, like, I, I am naturally the kind of person, like, you put a helmet on me, point me at a wall. I will run through that wall and the wall behind it just to get there. And I, I love the act, and that's kind of cathartic for me. It's just, ooh, I have a target, go. But when I was, when I was younger, my target was, like, move up, move up, move up, or do this, do this, do this. I had to find the right thing for me. And the reality is it was slow down. Slow down, see, like, kind of the my approach to customer journey mapping came a little bit out of this, which is, like, you need to take a beat. And my approach to burnout, which is when you're, when you're burning, when everything's on fire and you're sitting there going, how the hell am I actually going to get through this? It's taking a step back and going, okay, here's a plan. Here's the path. Let's go this way. Let's go that way. And we can actually execute on this. And it's going back to your fundamentals, creating a framework, creating a structure. Then when you're actually able to go forward and execute. And so what I tell my earlier self is just slow down. Like you're going to be fine. But the reality is it's like, don't, don't worry if you're in a good situation from a standpoint of work, you're being paid okay, people are nice to you, like, company's stable, you're learning things, great. Like, li- live your life and just have – and take a, take a beat. Like, you don't – everything isn't – like, yes, push, 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 but take a beat. I love that. All right, so where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so you can all, you can always search for me, James MacArthur, on LinkedIn. You can find me WizOps. Um, if you're not in Wizards of Ops, join it. It is one of the best communities I've ever been a part of, frankly, and a lot of my very good friends come out of WizOps. Um, otherwise, want to learn more about new? Um, feel free to message me or uh, check out our website at new.io, n-u-e.io. Um, but yeah. That's that's me.